pray. Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord, we thank you. We appreciate you for a time like this. We thank you for another opportunity to listen and study at your feet. Thank you for how you've helped us through in time past. Thank you because we believe that today will not be an exception. We return all glory to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord, we ask that in the Bible study of today, you grant us great understanding of your word. Let us know your mind unto us, even at such a time as this, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Father, because you have heard and answered us. In Jesus' Jesus name I pray. Amen. 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 Okay, there's another person that haven't joined the audio. Let me just tell them to turn with their audio. Uh, okay, has been the day, everybody. Very those, are not, those are not on in their, their cameras. Put on your cameras, let's see your faces. Okay, so um, today we're going to do Samuel and Kings. Um, if I may tell you that um, by the time we get to, to Kings, uh, that's actually the end of the Old Testament. Uh, literally, that's the end of, of the Old Testament. However, uh, in the whole architecture of the Bible, you, you get to understand um, uh, how the prophets and all the writings came in. This is the whole end of the historical books uh, of, of, the, of the Hebrews. And uh, one thing we should learn, um, we should also take note, is that uh, uh, the book of Samuel, even though we have it in our Bible as First and Second Samuel, those two books were just one book, the Hebrew Bible. Uh, we shared the Hebrew, Hebrew arrangement last week on, on the church WhatsApp group. Um, those who, if you need it, those who are just joining us, if you need it, you can just uh, let me know. I will send to you. So you understand the arrangement. So it was just one book. So we can, we can review both of them together. Uh, so, uh, uh, and the same thing as Kings. It was also written as one book uh, in, the, in the Hebrew um, uh, arrangement of the script of the of the Bible. So it's the Septuagints. Uh, who the Septuagints are? Is the Septuagints um, that actually broke them into two books? The Septuagints. Uh, for those who are just joining, uh, the Septuagints were the people that first interpreted or translated the Bible from original Hebrew to Greek uh, or to Latin, actually. So, so the books of First and Second Samuel. Where I've, I've said that. Um, now, this book talks about, I mean, started when Israel had been totally uh, 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 confused, left God after the judges. They were always doing uh, uh, back and forth. So they were in the least stage of, of spiritual relevance. Uh, that was when this book was written. And it starts with uh, yeah, Samuel, the birth of Samuel, and how Eli and his sons were already rejected. And the birth of Samuel, and how Samuel became a very powerful uh, prophet who was able to reconcile Israel back to God. Although in the book, the, the Israelites now asked for a king, which was not yet time. Uh, it's not as if what they asked for was bad, but it was not yet time. Uh, they, and, and, and Samuel didn't like it. And they, uh, uh, um, 
with God, God still permitted it. And we're still going to do Maybe that's going to be one of our, our major uh, crux of the of, of discussion today. Permissive will. Is there anything called permissive will of God's self? Or it's just either you're in the will of God or you are not in the will of God. So uh, that's that's going to be the crux of our, of our discussion today. Um, and then the, the, the book also tells us God's sovereignty, how sovereign God is in the governance of man. God's sovereignty in the governance of man. Uh, no matter how we twist it, you see that God was always there. Um, he had the power to act, to add, to resubscribe, to provide, to substitute uh, anybody. Uh, and then the main message is, uh, of course, God's sovereignty and his faithfulness towards his people. Um, then at the end of the book, you see that the, the dynasty of Saul was already decimated. The, the book also ended with the reign of David. When David died and was of old age. Uh, so that was what, uh, I know why was the dynasty of Saul decimated? Uh, I mean, at, that, at, at, at the end of the book, the, Saul, the Saul's dynasty was already uh, totally wiped off because of his failure to follow God completely. So um, the book also emphasizes the Holy Spirit as a spirit who empowers, uh, who empowers us and God as the one who justifies us. Uh, okay, so just a few uh, discussion, I will quickly say, then we talk about that permissive uh, 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 will and perfect will that we used to say when we're, when we're in, in university. Okay, let me just take a few points. I think point number four here, yeah, says that the sovereignty of God laced with love, foresight, and holiness later overruled Israel's carnal desire, choice, and approval of ungodliness and oppression in the name of a king. He chose David instead. Does God still do that today? Now, you know that uh, the people asked for a king, and it was still God that gave them salt. Well, it was not yet time. That was not God's will for them. God, in his sovereignty, in his foresightness, chose David. God chose David uh, 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 to become the king. That's the choice of God. But we're now saying, does God still do that today? Whereby he allows us to, in quotes, have our way, and then he double-crosses us in front. Does he do that today? If yes, can we share examples of our, of, of, of God doing things, something like that. Over to you. Then that will lead us into the permissive will and the perfect will, if those things really exist. Who is starting? Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. Who is starting? Let's go, let's go. Don't make this, don't make, let's make this interesting. Okay, Adam Michael is driving. Uh, for me, you want to go? Do you think God still do that? Does God substitute like that these days? Uh, and then is there is there anything called permissive will of God? I hope, I hope, 
Yeah, I hope I'm being heard. Can anybody hear me? Yes. Ah, okay. Oh, yeah. Let's have you. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Have you? Maybe uh, it's only nowadays that they used to say perfect will have permissive Okay, maybe I should just share this. Um, you know, people do say uh, uh, God just permits something, they are not his will. So those things he permits are just a permissive of God. Uh, then the things that God wants from God are the perfect will of God. So is there anything like the permissive will of God? Does God just permit some things to happen because we insist? For me, Sophia, who is starting? Who is going? Who is going? Okay, let me use this example though. Yeah. It might be out of it anyway. Let's use the um the case of Wari. Um <laughs> I know it might be okay. funny, but I'll, I'll say that's a permissive or who we all wanted it. We we all say Baba really give God the chance to give us the perfect will. So mm. I think <laughs> that's it. Then most okay. times in our relationship, God might be pointing us to someone, but mm. you know, we are like live have this kind of mentality that we are we want the PDA kind of man, so that can answer. And at the end of the day, if you get married to this kind of person, you see run back to God that God, this man is giving me a problem. This is this, this is that, mm. and God will remind you that. Did you wait on me to I give you the perfect will? Mm. You were the one that wanted it. So mm. permissive will is what we wanted without God's leading. Why the perfect will is what God has in stock for us, but we are not just patient enough to, to have it or to okay. wait on the Lord for God to give us his perfect will. Okay. Thank you very much. Okay, let's have more contributions. Ephraim, Sophia, or Joy. I just join your meeting. So okay. Anybody? Praise Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah, I think um we can have the perfect will and um the permissive will of God to my own understanding. Okay. So unlike um Mommy Fumi just said, uh, the perfect will of God is that which he has in mind for us at his own timing. Then the permissive will is, having not uh, been able to wait on God for what it is that is his mind, he can, he can allow you, 
you know, sometimes even the Yoruba say that a child can learn sometimes in the hard way. Praise the Lord. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. Like uh, I think in, Ro in Romans, Romans chapter 1, verse 28, the Bible recorded is there that yeah, in as much as they did not retain God in their knowledge, it gave them over to a reprobate mind. For me, what I understand by giving them over that the use of the use of uh, words there is like to permit something to happen. Praise the Lord. Mm -hmm. To Hallelujah. do those things which are not convenient, something that ordinarily would not give them joy. Praise the Lord. So I think it's, it's, a, it's a way of God to, to, to have, keep us in check, keep us in check and know that of a truth is the sovereign Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me now come and throw a clog in the wheel. So now, in my own opinion, there's nothing like permission will of God. It's either you are in the will of God or you are not in the will of God. There's no, there's no middle way. It's either you are you are doing God's will or you are not doing God's will. Either the Lord permits you to not to do his will, that doesn't still make that thing a little bit of the will of God. So now, because we are moral agents, we are we God we are not robots. God will not force us to do uh, 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 things, you know, force decisions on us. So okay. some things happen. You understand? And now, if you are not, it's, it's just like uh, people that say partial disobedience. It's either you are obedient to God or you are not obedient to God. You are not do way. So the children of Israel, <laughs> the children of Israel here were not in the will of God. However, God, who is sovereign, God is never shocked. He's never surprised at our decisions. When we come and do things, when, when things happen, God is never surprised. So God understands and knows the nature of man, knows the kind of people he created. So he had made a provision ahead to help that. He knows that, okay, for instance, um, God knows that, I don't know, I'm looking for, for an example. For instance, if you get out of your house, for instance, and you're going to take the right, instead of taking the left turn, you're going to take the right turn. It was not God that made you take the right turn. Because you are a moral agent, you can decide. You took in your decision is the will of God. In your decision is the sovereignty of God. So God knows that this guy, this person I created, will take this right turn. In taking that right turn, God has prepared a solution or a way out in that right turn. You know that this right turn that this guy is taking is likely going to have a pothole. He has prepared something in that place because he knows everything. He knows all things. He's sovereign. So in my opinion, there's nothing like the permissive will of God. It's just that people are stubborn and disobedient and they were not in the will of God. Plain and simple. So that is where I see the children of Israel. And does God still do that today? Yes. God allows us to just learn our lessons. Like uh, someone said that at times we allow our children to learn lessons. At times, uh, was it on this Bible study we said you are in church? Uh, the way God deals with us at times is the way some of our African mothers 
dealt with us. When you say you want to eat, uh, taste soup, and your mommy is cooking, and you say you want to taste soup, you're not carry the big spoon out, pour the whole hot soup on your hand, so that hey, if you want to taste soup. In the scriptures that Sophia quoted, when they will not retain God in, in their knowledge, you want to you want to commit sin, Abi. You want to commit sin. I will make you commit it that it will not even be convenient for you again. Like the Israelites, it's the same Israelites in the, in, the, in the wilderness. They said they wanted to eat meat. They were complaining, they were complaining to God. Eh, it's meat you want to eat there. God rained down meat. That they ate meat, they ate so much that it was coming out of their nose. So at times, God allows us to go on our way and we learn hard, we learn lessons in a hard way. Praise the Lord. Amen. So let's look at the life Hallelujah. of Saul. Uh, yeah, thank you. Uh, Saul moved from pride, from humility to pride, from stewardship to oppression, and ultimately murder and eventually wasted himself and his throne. If you look at the whole story of Saul, someone that wasn't never planned to be king. He, he just met kingship on the road. Someone like him would have been grateful forever. He met kingship on the road. He became proud. He became arrogant. He started oppressing people. He became envious of David. And, he, and that's something about envy. Once that envy just started like that, it led to even attempting to murder. No wonder Jesus said <clears throat> that in this new kingdom, if you look at your brother, uh, if you hate your brother, it is it is said it could be said to be murder because you hate your brother. And as in hatred, he hated David, and it led gradually, gradually to so much that he, he called the whole uh, DSS of Israel at that time to be looking for David to kill him. And that's what envy can do. And that envy, that jealousy, that hatred led to the end of his throne, led to the end of the destruction of his, of his dynasty. So we should be careful. When God gives us some things, he makes some provisions for us. When God gives us those things, let us be careful not to use, uh, uh, not to take it for granted. I want to use, I want to transliterate Yoruba directly. Uh, Yoruba will say, don't use ayo to, to spoil it. I, uh, I don't I don't know how to how to <laughs> how to translate Ayo now. Like don't don't take it for granted. Don't be too excited um, about things like this, and then lose sight of God. And let's look at the contract uh, in David. David moved from farm to the palace, from palace to the wilderness and then back to the palace. He patiently and maturely waited for God's promise. What message does this send to our upcoming leaders? Look at the life of David. He was anointed as a teenager that's gonna be the king. And he was called to the palace to come and serve and be serving the king. He would think, I mean, everybody would think, ah, the prophecy is coming to pass. Oh, it's about to come to pass. He got to the palace. The king wanted to kill him twice. He had to run for his life. He went into the wilderness. And then, for after several years, he came back to the palace. 
what lessons do you think this uh, uh, teaches us as upcoming leaders, as uh, people who are trusting God for increase and things like that? What lessons can we learn from this undulating ups and downs uh, life of David? Praise For me personally, what that teaches me is to be a person of character. Uh, the grace of God can could make things happen. Things that mm -hmm. ordinarily that uh, you uh, I do not merit. But character is what will sustain me in that mm -hmm. place that God has placed me. Praise the Lord. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. Thank you very much. Yeah, character. Yes, character. because we can see that from that write-up in our manual, the, uh, it's recorded there that uh, David patiently and maturely waited for God's mm. promise. So for mm. me, it is character. And in the contrast, mm. we can see it in Saul. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So Saul lacked the Hallelujah. character. Saul lacked the character. Thank you very much. Who has any other thing to say? Any other person? Okay. And then so, I also add um, this that um, David. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He did not give up even of all those challenges. He kept on trusting God and he was patient enough. Mm -hmm. He persevered. He did mm -hmm. not give up. So uh, it's a lesson we lead us today that whatever challenges, whatever anything anybody might be going through, don't give up in the heat of the issue. Mm -hmm. Just keep on focusing and focus on where you are going. Don't lose focus even though the story may may be looking upside down. The story may mm -hmm. be looking downwards. I mean, you get anointed and few years or months after you are called to the palace. That's, that's, show, that's showing progress. And on getting to the palace, you had to go back to the wilderness for years. In fact, David was anointed three times. When, when Saul died, the children of Israel didn't want him to be their king. He chose another person. Then Judah pledged allegiance to, to David for, I think, about two or three years. Then, before the, he reigned over the whole of Israel. So it shows authority. And David had loads of, of chances to kill Saul and become the next king. But it took his time. It took his time. It took his time. It took his time. So that should also serve as a lesson for those of us who are young, and agile, I want to get things quickly. This get rich quick syndrome, uh, make it blow in two years, blow in five years. You see, a, a two-year-old graduate, uh, uh, my wife, you know, no, no, or someone, a two-year-old graduate that wants to ride bands and they do all sorts of things. People that have been working for 10 years, for five years, have not bought brand new bands. And someone ate it. Six-month-old graduate, fresh from NYSE. This get rich quick syndrome, and like 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 um, like we do say, uh, it leads to it leads to 
to gravel. It leads to that thing will turn to gravel. That's wealth that people are, some people are getting fraudulently will turn to gravel in their mouth because there is no shortcut to success. There is no short, I can tell you that one 100%. There is no shortcut to success, no matter what. So let's take our time as, as young people. Let's take our time. Let's be patient. Let's be patient. God will bless us. Jesus name. So in conclusion, let me just read a few parts uh, of, the, of the conclusive part of that. Uh, just know that uh, we are at the end, but now at the end of uh, this life of David. Uh, we've, when we fall, when we fail in our responsibilities and relationship as Christians, we fall as a family, then as a church, and consequently as a nation. Let us rise as a church and stop asking for a king, in quotes, like the Israelites. Instead, let us ask God, let us ask for God's mind and seek his own will. It will amaze us the kind of nation we will have. It's okay as spiritual Israelites to ask our father for anything, but we must be truthfully ready to subject it to his approval in order to prevent, prevent any loss. Don't rush to obtain promises and do not ask for a king so that it can be like others. I mean, this is a very, very important lesson. The Israelites wanted to be like other nations. That's just the reason. And a lot of us are not, may not be asking for a physical king, but ah, oh, my mates are married. My mates are riding this car. My mates are in this place. My mates are doing this. We want to be like others. Instead of waiting on God and say, Lord, what is your plan for me? Where are you taking me to? When do you want me to have this? When do you want me to have this? Uh, one of our church leaders used to say something that, whatever God cannot give me, let me not have. How many of us can say that? Uh, there's this uh, uh, meme, or is it, is it a meme now? Uh, um, will I call it a meme now? Um, this TikTok video of someone, one lady that does uh, kind of comedy, Christian comedy. You know, when people say, uh, uh, we want to pray, Lord, is this man for me? Tell me, is this the bone of my bone? Blah, 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 blah. And God came and said, no, this is not the guy for you. And Lord, God, I want to know, is he, are we going to be good together? I said, no, you're not going to be good together. Oh, Lord, I heard good. This is, I, this is, I heard good. Yeah, yeah, okay, thank you, Jesus. Anyway, we go to God in prayers. Asking him to endorse what we want, not asking for his will. Not asking him to give us his will or to show his will. We go to God asking for an endorsement of what we are looking for. That, Lord, this is, this is my will. Please endorse it. Rather than God, please let me have your will. Let your will be done in my life. Praise the Lord. Let's quickly go to Kings. Uh, that's the end of Samuel. The book of Second Samuel ended with David. Uh, starts with Solomon, the reign of Solomon, uh, uh, and of, like I said, uh, the King, the book of King, was also written to, uh, together as one. Uh, it was the Septuagint that broke them into two, so we can review them together. Uh, the Hebrew name was Elekim, 
things. And that was that's found in first Corinthians one. We said we said when we were the the first five books, that Hebrew books get their names from the first word in the book. So the same thing. With, uh, the, book, um, the book tells the story of Israel monarchs beginning before and how the baton fell on Solomon uh, and continue from where his father stopped. And the book revealed the lives of both the kings of Israel, that's the northern kingdom, and Judah, the southern kingdom, in relation to how they fared in their relationship with God. So this book was, I mean, told us, told everybody, uh, told us about the king, uh, Solomon, how the, how the kingdom was split uh, from Solomon, uh, and how uh, how how uh, 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 the nation divided into northern and southern kingdom, uh, and why was uh, even though Solomon, who was like uh, 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 I mean, who got who got the kingship, was the son of a concubine or son of of of, of a woman gotten. We know this the story of of um, of his mother. So he wasn't supposed to be the king. He had elder brothers, but he became the king. He loved God, he started well with God, uh, but ended up messing up. Uh, and uh, he became a went towards apostasy, uh, because he's, he's nah. married to wives. Um, in fact, if you see one of the uh, uh, one of the I forgot the exact verse now, Solomon himself knew that the wife he married, his first wife, the daughter of Pharaoh. He knew that the wife was wrong. The Bible says that he didn't even want to bring her to Jerusalem. He didn't want to bring so that she will not step into the temple, so that she doesn't pollute the temple. His very first wife was the daughter of a pharaoh. When God has told them not to intermarry. So Solomon knew what he was doing. And he knew that it was bad. And those wives turned his heart away from God. And then the nation divided Jeroboam, who was just a servant. Uh, Jeroboam became the king of, of, of the northern kingdom of Israel. Jeroboam also got this uh, kingship on a platter of gold. He took form wood. In fact, he, was, he now became a yardstick of, of, of idolatry, idolatrous kings. God, God was always referring to, and they followed the way of Jeroboam, and they followed the way of Jeroboam. Whereas David became a yardstick for those who were, who, 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 who believed in God, who were straightforward with God, who were, who were, I mean, so, and the southern kings, so the northern king, kingdom was the kingdom of Israel, the southern kingdom was the kingdom of Judah. Northern kingdom had most of their kings as Terrible. Most of their kings were bad. Southern kingdoms had more kings uh, who followed the way of David, but some of some of other kings of theirs also followed the way of uh, Jeroboam. So uh, the book also revealed how God how God sent His messengers, that's His prophets, to deal with the situation in leadership of both the united and divided kingdoms of Israel. This serves as a secure caution to us today to follow God just like David, who became God's justice for other Israel's monarchs. 
Okay, let's just take a few points to discuss. Uh, we have about five minutes. Uh, so I will, I will talk less now. Uh, if you have the manual, let's just pick any point you want to discuss, but I'll just say a few ones here. Um, number one, how did the divided heart of an apostatizing king result in the divided kingdom of Israel? How is it happening today? So how did the heart of Solomon result into the division? Or maybe I should just read all the discussions that we can take anyone we like. Uh, we want to. And, and, and talk about it there. So uh, none of the kings of Israel got to the throne without God's knowledge or approval. Yet, not all of them followed his ways and leading. Leaders, we want. So we may also discuss this too. Uh, then um, both David and Jeroboam became points of reference to Israel. Uh, Jeroboam became a, a, a negative reference while David became a positive reference. We're going to discuss that then. Uh, okay, I think we should, um, we should let, let's just have those discussions. Let's have those discussions. So number one, um, how did Solomon's heart lead to the divided kingdom? Is that happening today? Uh, then um, God's, God is always sovereign in choosing leaders. Uh, yet people don't, don't uh, recognize God's sovereignty in their choice or in their choice of being in okay so let's have who is who is contributing so like, you want to say something okay who is there who is unmute yourself you want to talk? okay yes we can hear you yes yeah, sorry what was the so we're talking about uh solomon's heart how did his heart lead to the integration of of the kingdom is that kind of a thing still happening today? Uh, then we also said there's no leader that gets to a position of leadership without uh, God. And most of Israel's leaders, uh, they fail to acknowledge God in, in, in being part of uh, the reason why they, got, they became leaders. Are there any lessons for contemporary leaders, leaders these days in, in that kind of a situation? So let's just choose any of it. Anybody, anybody, doesn't have to be told, anybody. Let's just, let's have that conversation. Okay. Yes, as leaders today, there is need for us to, to acknowledge God. Are you in a place you can switch on your video, your camera so that I can see your face? Okay. All right, just uh... go ahead. A lot of time, just go ahead. Okay. So, yeah. as as leaders, as leaders, for for us, it's a lesson for us that we should acknowledge God in every of our dealings and uh, acknowledging God as the supreme leader, as the uh, king of kings and lord of lords. Uh, Listen also from Herod, the same uh, the way Herod uh, was bragging about uh, the, the, the kingdom and also with Nebuchadnezzar as well. We can see lessons from them as well. How God humbled, humbled those kings. So 
whatever leadership position God has put us into, we should see it as a, as a privilege, as a privilege. We are representing God and uh, it is God that is the sovereign is the sovereign Lord, is the sovereign king, is the sovereign ruler. And uh, is the one that puts anybody there and he can remove anybody at any time. And nobody uh, is indispensable. He can replace anybody at any time. So we should see any role we are occupying as a privilege, as an opportunity to serve and to represent God. Because uh, even at the end, we are going to give account of our stewardship, of our leadership, of the people that God has put under us to, to lead. We shouldn't see it as an opportunity to exercise power or to be authoritative or to take advantage of the people that God has put under us. So it's a great lesson for us. And the Bible says he, he exalts the, uh, the humble. And he looks at the proud from, from afar. So if we humble ourselves before him, just like David, David will always humble himself before God, even though he sinned, he committed any sin, he will humble himself, repent. I mean, he danced before God shameless. I mean, like kind of shameful dance that can be referred to as shameful dance. But no, he did it from the sincerity of his heart and from the uh, humility of his being. And we see how God exalted him. Let me put in here, and anybody can, can jump on this. Do we think God uses leaders to punish nations? I want us to be real. I want us to be practical. Because at the beginning of this study, someone used uh, Buari as an example. So we're not just, we're not talking only about Buari now, but just generally, do we think that God uses leaders to punish a people? Yes, or Rosoki generation, let's talk. Omit yourself, uh, Timothy. Excuse me, sir. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I, I would I would plead that my comments come up later because um, I'm walking through the market now. So okay, no I, maybe in the next five minutes I, I will be able to speak very okay. well. Okay. So who wants to go? Who wants to go next? Do, do we think God uses leaders to punish a people or a nation? Or should I rephrase it? Is God using our leaders in Nigeria to punish us? Well, in my own in my own opinion, <laughs> it is possible. It is possible. We cannot really tell. Actually, it's possible that God is using our leaders to punish us because probably because of uh, okay the sins of our forefathers, the bloodshed here and there, innocent blood, corruption, a lot of things that has happened. And probably because the church has not really rose up to their responsibility 
to really stand in the gap for the nation. Yes, the church is trying. We are trying our best, but we are not uh, really uh, standing in the gap for the nation. Uh, the way we ought to, the way we ought to, it's not uh, so. I, I I believe it's it's possible that God is using uh, our leader to punish us. But the other flip of the coin is that well, God might not be punishing us as well. We might be the one actually choosing because He said, "I place before you life and death. Choose." So we might be the one making the wrong choice. We might be the one putting ourselves in this bondage and God is just waiting for us to turn to him. And just, we might just be waiting with open arms to turn to him to make the right choice, to make the right decision. So that's the way I, I, I see it. Thank you. Any other opinion? Any other opinion? Okay, um, let's uh, let's go ahead uh, because time is gone now. Uh, let me just let's let me what ended the the kings uh, the two kings. Um, the, 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 the nation of Israel, that's the northern kingdom, after centuries of God's warnings and oh, they were eventually carried into exile uh, by, the, by the Persians. Then about 120 years, about 200 years later, or thereabouts, the southern kingdom of Judah were also carried away into exile. In fact, the Northern Kingdom was so polluted that at the time of Jesus, over a thousand years after, they were seen as second-class citizens. They were not the real Jews. That's why at the, uh, when Jesus was always talking about the Samaritan, uh, the Samaritans don't expect, they don't even want their brothers, their, their Southern Kingdom brothers, Jews, to sit beside them because uh, they've been they be seen as polluted. Why? Because of sin of disobedience from their ancestors, from their fathers. In fact, one of the things that happened when, um, was it Zedekiah that was the last king of, of Judah? When he was to be captured by Nebuchadnezzar, they plucked out his, before they plucked out his eyes, in his, in his presence, they killed, Nebuchadnezzar killed his 70 children, 70 children right in his presence, one by one, then they plucked out his eyes. Why? Because of someone's disobedience. At times, when God asks us to do things and he's sending warnings and he's sending warnings and he's sending warnings, it's not because uh, uh, it's, because, it's not because the judgment will not come, it's because of love. And I just pity those people who say, I'm doing this and nothing is happening, blah, 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 blah. One of the things that they were saying in, in, in Israel then, God asked them that after every seven years, leave the, leave the land to be, <clears throat> leave the land fallow. Don't farm on it. Leave it fallow. Then start on the eighth year. Because 
I'm sorry, after the sixth year or the seventh year, leave the land fallow. And God said, I will give you the harvest on the sixth year that will last you for the seventh year. And even when you start planting on the eighth year, you still be eating the harvest of the sixth year. But you know, technology came in. Uh, no, we are not doing that. That's old school, blah, 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 blah. And they left the land fallow. They were in exile for 490 years. I mean, for, uh, so for 490 years, they didn't do it. They didn't do all those uh, living in fallow every, every, every seven, seven years. So they were in exile for 70 years. They paid a cumulative tithe, a cumulative rest that the land supposed to rest. So when people say that they've not paid tithes in 10 years, in 20 years, and nothing happened to them, I'm like, you're a learner. So people didn't do their own for 490 years. Nothing happened to them until after 490 years. And their children, children, children were the ones that now paid the cumulative. So God's principles are perfect. God's principles are there. When he's sending us warnings, let us take heed. Let's, let's listen to those warnings. God will bless us in Jesus' name. We have um, any question? Any question? Okay, let me check Facebook if there are questions. Any question on Facebook? Okay, let's just say one prayer point because we're about three minutes, one or two prayer points, and then we'll, we'll close the service. Uh, I want us to just pray that, Lord, make me to live after your will so that I will become a positive reference. David was a positive reference all through history. God was always referring to David. I don't want to be a negative reference. I want us to unmute ourselves and open our mouths and begin to pray that, Lord, make me to live, make me a man after your heart, make me to live according to your will, and I will become a positive reference all through my journeys in the name of Jesus. Lord, make me to become a reference that I will live according to your will in the name of Jesus. Whatever it is, it, it, it is the one that you are sending to us, God. Help us to take him. You don't want to be disobedient. You don't want to be disobedient. In the name of Jesus, help us in the name of Jesus. 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 No, one more prayer point. We're almost done. One more prayer point. I want us to pray concerning Nigeria. I believe most of us are Nigerians or at least living in Nigeria. The Lord, I want to, want to pray and ask for forgiveness of sin. Would it be our sin or the sins of our fathers that is putting us in this kind of hardship and mess that we are in Nigeria? The Lord, let there be forgiveness. Forgive us the sins of our fathers, forgive our sin, and let us enjoy peace in this land. Let us enjoy goodness of this land. Shall just be the prayer of you and
Lord, have mercy on this nation. Have mercy on this nation in the name of Jesus. Please, by your mercy. Amen. 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 Pray for us. Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Our Lord and our God, we thank you. We thank, thank you. We you, give Father. you the glory for thank the you. word you have sent to us today. Thank you, O God, because the entrance of your word gives light and understanding to the simple. Yes. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for expanding your word in our hearts today. Thank Lord, you, we say be exalted in the name of Jesus. Amen. And we O God, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Lord God, we thank you for your servant that you have used for us today. The Lord, O oh God, we pray that you increase his wisdom more and more in the name of Jesus. Amen. More, more grace, more auction, more understanding, more insight to the word of God in the name of Jesus. Amen. Lord, we pray for Nigeria. The Lord, you will forgive our sins and heal our land in the name of Jesus. Amen. You say that your people that are called by your name can humble themselves and turn from the wicked ways and seek your face. You said you will forgive our sins. You said you will heal our land. Lord God, we pray that you will forgive our sins in Nigeria and heal our land in the name of Jesus. The Lord, in this coming election, great leaders like David, leaders after your heart, like David, in the name of Jesus. The Lord will help us in Nigeria. You will turn Nigeria around just like you spoke by your servant, uh, Pa SGL team, that Nigeria will be known for corruption, but at a point, Nigeria will be known for righteousness, and people will come to serve God, to know the God that has transformed Nigeria. So shall be our testimony in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Amen. We give you the glory you. for great Jesus' name, we are praised. Amen. 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 God bless you. Thank you, everybody. For those Thank of you. us in Abuja, uh, we'll meet on Saturday, 8 a.m. for evangelism, and our Sunday service, 8 a.m. on Sunday. Uh, God bless you. And those of us who are in diaspora, uh, we'll meet next week here on this same platform. Have a wonderful evening, everybody. Uh, sorry, we are two minutes behind schedule. Uh, thank you very much for staying. We'll see you next week. So thank you, Ephraim, uh, Sophia, Tola, Joy, Timothy, uh Barry, Titilaya. Thank you, everybody, for joining. Have a wonderful evening. Bye. All right, sir. Bye. Thank you, sir.